honestly, the, it is kind of ridiculous when you hear people talk about, I'm all concerned about the socialization. Socialization. <laughs> I, it's the craziest thing. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I didn't rein them in, they do nothing else but socialize. That's exactly right. You have to put a lid on it. They have friends everywhere. everybody and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast where our goal is to help you thrive on your homeschooling journey. Let me take just a minute to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and if this podcast has been encouraging to you please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Each review really helps us. We're available now on YouTube so you can watch our amazing guests as well as listen and be sure to follow us on Facebook book and Instagram where we have even more content and some really great reels. We have a great podcast for you today. Michelle Statton is with us and she's got quite a story. You don't want to miss this story. She's homeschooled her five children in Northern Virginia for eight years. She has an extensive background in management and government that's been useful to her in teaching a high school government class in her co-op. She's the COO of Homeschool HQ, a homeschool app that helps connect families with homeschool resources. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make. But one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress, and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local Homeworks consultant. Michelle, it is so great to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And um, I understand. I want to give a shout out to my producer. I've got the best producer in the world, Caleb Price. And I understand that y'all met while he was producing a homeschool movie, Homeschool Awakening, for Kirk Cameron. So tell us a little bit about that, what it was like to be in the movie and what your part was. Well, Caleb was great. He reached out to me after a friend of mine had already been talking to him. And I guess she had mentioned that oh, he might want to, to interview me. And Kat, my friend, she is an incredible homeschool mom. She's one of those really exceptional ones. And uh, she, her, her, her sons fly airplanes and, uh, you know, do all this interesting stuff. And I remember just saying to, to Caleb, like, why do you want to interview me? I don't have anything interesting. I'm not very interesting. And so uh, I said, you know, the only thing, interesting thing that I really do is 
I catch snakes sometimes. Sometimes I'll take like groups of kids out and teach them about snakes and we catch as many as we can. And I said, but they're in hibernation. So I've got nothing. I don't have anything. I don't, you know, so, but he worked with me. He's very patient. And eventually I, I, I agreed to do it. Um, and uh, anyway, so I come to find out I'm actually friends with Kirk Cameron's sister. We belong to the same co-op. And so I met his sister before I met him. And then uh, my, his sister ended up meeting my father before I met her. So it was just this whole thing. It was, it was such a small world. Right, and, right. And so because of the connection with his sister, I was able to ask her, well, you know, is Caleb actually who he says he is? And she said, <laughs> yes, you can trust him. He's fantastic. You love him. And so he really was. He was he was great. So I, I did put a little bit of trust in him. And uh, it was wonderful. They came in. Uh, they asked a bunch of questions. And we just it was kind of free flowing. And um, I got to, you know, say some things that I thought were important. You know, I had to be able to stop and say, well, can I just add some stuff in here? Like, I don't think homeschooling is a great word for what we do. I really think it should be called something more like, you know, parent-led education, because that's really more accurate. Mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, we had a great time. And then um, I was able to have some of my friends in, in the movie as well. During COVID, we had all, a bunch of us got together and we would have class in our basement, which is what is shown in the movie. And so uh, it was great. Kirk Cameron uh, actually came to my basement. <laughs> and so I, I had told a time. You, you had a great basement. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so all of us started like pulling up, you know, growing pains and all of, all of the movies <laughs> he's been in. And, and we're watching it. My kids start going, Hey, we've watched his stuff before. Yes, right? Because we, we wanted them to all know who he was when he came. And uh, and sure enough, when when we surprised them and, and he showed up, they were just blown away. And he was so nice and so patient with all of them. And they all wanted, you know, pictures with him. And they all and he just was so kind. He was really a very nice person. And so we, we're, we're pleased that we did we did the movie and and. Caleb was great to work with. That is so great. But now, it was quite a journey for you to get into homeschooling as a family. I often tell moms that I'm, I'm just working with or counseling or meeting with, and they're struggling over whether to homeschool or not, that the decision to homeschool is sometimes much harder than the, than the act of homeschooling itself. So yeah. you've got a journey that's tied in with your dad and legislation and so many different things. So I'm just going to start, I'm just going to ask you to start telling us the journey and I may stop and ask you questions along the way. Okay. Well, um, yeah, so I worked for my father who was a state senator. In Virginia. And uh, in Virginia. In Virginia, yes. Okay. And my best friend was my coworker, um, that's how we met. Then we grew close, just, you know, and living life together. She had uh, her first child was a genius child. Um, and they thought, well, how are we going to handle this? I mean, he really is exceptional, even at, at you know, toddler age. Mm -hmm. And she looked into some of these really fancy schools, said, well, we really can't afford that. Maybe we could do homeschooling. So they ended up homeschooling. That's their journey. So they, they, you know, it's a little bit hesitant getting into their journey. But once they did, they just thrived. And she is an incredible teacher. She's fantastic at it. So meanwhile, I'm working 
and I, I, I'm a campaign manager, so I ran lots and lots of campaigns and things like that, which can be very time consuming. So my children are in public school. And I remember just thinking sometimes when she would tell me these wonderful um, opportunities that her children were having, and I would think to myself, gosh, I wish my wish my kids had those opportunities too. But well, you know, it is what it is. I can't homeschool. But she would always kind of, you can do it. You can do it. You should try it. You should come to this meeting and see what it's all about. Or, oh, there's a convention. You should come with me. And she was always just very gently encouraging me to come on over and try it out. I really just thought there is no way that I could ever homeschool. It's just, it's not for me. Uh, I'm not wired that way. But I, I was working in the legislature with my father down in Richmond. And there was a bill uh, in 2016 that came up, um, House Bill 516. And it was just a bill that said, listen, if, if a teacher wants to uh, assign sexually explicit materials to your student, then you need to tip off the parents, give them a heads up so that, you know, they can have those conversations and that they can help guide their children through that. Um, it didn't try to ban anything. It just said, just let the parents know. And I thought, well, of course, that's that's common sense. I mean, you know, and I hadn't really seen anything, you know, that would upset me up until that point. My, my eldest was in fourth grade, you know, third, fourth, you know, right in that area. And um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm pretty happy with the schools. I, I love their teachers. You know, it's a real kumbaya atmosphere in, mm -hmm. in elementary school. It's, they're always encouraging you to come in the classroom and join them, pop in for lunch unexpectedly. We love when that happens, you know, volunteer in the classroom. It's great. So I was still in that kumbaya stage. And so this bill comes up and all of a sudden our office is flooded with hundreds and hundreds, I mean, maybe four to 600 emails from teachers, administrators, union, uh, you know, teacher union folks from all across Virginia. And they're just flooding us. And, I, and I'm the person who mainly answered the, uh, the emails. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I, uh, I, I was shocked, honestly, to, to be frank. I was, I was really shocked at the tone of the majority, the vast majority of these emails. And they were very much, uh, you know, how dare you? Who do you think you are? But out. You don't, you don't have the educational degree. So they were not in favor of letting parents know when sexually no. explicit material would be broached or talked about in the classroom. They were highly offended that that they would be required to involve parents at all. Now, at this point, like you say, your kids are still in public school. I mean, oh, yes. you're involved in the public oh, schools. Okay. Pretty happily so. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a few things that I'm like, uh, whatever, you know, maybe not my thing, but but that's okay. Um, but no, it, it wasn't, you know, there was nothing crazy going on. Um, no, it was pretty good. I, and this was really the moment of, opening my eyes to sort of what they think about us, the parents. And that's when I, I had the first real inkling that we're not on the same page. Um, we are not, like, when they're really little, I found, um, then they are this sort of kumbaya atmosphere. But then you get to middle school and it's like, well, maybe you should work on the PTO or something. But then they need, they need to have their independence and, you know, give them a little space. And then by the time you get to high school, it's like, what are you doing here? What, what, you don't have any, any business here. Your child, you know, we've got your child. You go back home and stop getting involved. Um, but by then, it's, you know, it's very difficult to pull out a child, you know, in, in high school. It can be done. And I know people who have done it successfully, but it, it is hard. It's much easier when they're uh, in elementary school because what mom and dad say still ha is sort of the authority. Whereas 
you know, when they're in high school, their friends' opinions matter a lot more to them mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. sometimes the parents. So I was just shocked. Um, this was really eye-opening for me. There was a, a senator, Senator Tom Garrett at the time. He had the office right next to us, and um, he decided he would read a passage from the award-winning book, The Bluest Eyes. And there is a scene in there, um, I have not read the book myself, um, but uh, he decided to read a passage from that book, which he redacted himself. So instead of using the vulgar words, he would use the letter. Uh, and he he stood up and used his time to read a page from this this book. And it just it just blew it up. There was gaveling. We paused for a question, and you know, and this is back and forth. And they're saying this is not okay. You should not be reading this. We have pages in here, which, ironically, the pages it, are older. It's not okay for him to be reading this because it's so obscene and inappropriate. Yes. Uh, yes. And yet, that's what's being read in classrooms to younger by children. eighth grader, eighth graders, to okay, eighth grade children. Which is, I mean, that's young. What are we, eighth grade is like 13 years old. You're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, just becoming a teenager for the first time. It just blew up. People were very upset. Uh, even in the caucus, even, you know, in his own caucus, they were upset saying that, you know, that I've never seen a day like this where we've disgraced ourselves and uh, this, that, and the other. And then even the newspapers reported on it. And they called it a stunt. They said that he had pulled this stunt. But ironically, they couldn't quote him or tell you much about the stunt because it was so vulgar they couldn't print that in a newspaper for adults. Mm, right, right. So, um, but this is uh, what they're handing out, like in Fairfax County schools and things like that. They were handing those out and assigning those books to students. And so for me, that was a huge wake-up call. So uh, my friend, Callie, she was at the HEAV conference in Virginia. For those of you who don't know, that's the Home Educators Association of Virginia, HEAV. And they have an amazing conference. They really do. Like 16,000 people and an exhibit hall like you've never seen. It is really amazing. It is incredible. And so she would, she was, oh, you should come, you should come. And I'm, I was still in the, ah, I can't. But at this point, I know I really need to do something. I don't want my kids going down this road. I'm not comfortable with this. For me, I knew it was kind of now or never. So she she found this box, this preschool box. It was all packaged up. She said, this is a preschool box. Do you want me to get it for you? I said, yes, that would be perfect. Well, I'll start with my preschooler. I mean, how bad can it be, right? <laughs> so I get this box and it's all laid out. Every single day is laid out. And then you coordinate it with books that come from the library, and it's all done for you. Somebody's put a ton of work into it. It's lovely. It did not work for me. So it actually ended up setting my homeschool journey back because I've tried getting these books from the library. They were checked out, so I had to get on a waiting list. That put me behind. Now, all of a sudden, this day doesn't work with this day. And I start panicking. I'm falling farther and further behind, and I'm thinking, well, you know, okay, I, I give up. If I can't, if I can't even... Uh, homeschool successfully my preschooler, how am I ever going to teach geometry to, you know, high school? And that's just not going to happen. So I can see the writing on the wall. This is not for me. I, I give up. So I gave up on that. That delayed me a little bit. And then, you know, things in the schools were starting to change. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a son who was quite advanced and he was in kindergarten and he wanted to do these math games that his older siblings were doing. And I, 
And I asked his teacher, would you just release those? I mean, that, you know, it's just a matter of them turning it on and he has his little account. And he said, no, no, you know, we, um, we don't want him to leave the, his class behind and become too advanced in math. And I thought, well, wait, what? I, I mean, with all due respect, what if he is a math genius? And right. then you're holding him back so he can stick with his class. Right. That's he's right. Probably this, but why not unleash him and just let him go? Ride the wave of excitement. If he's excited about math, we should be excited about math. Because we want to focus on our kids' potential and their strengths and allow them to really excel in the areas that God has made them to excel in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think, I thought, you know, you make exceptions for everyone else's child, every every allergy, every need that they have, all kinds of stuff, but you can't make an exception for him. And so for math. that sort of set me yes. for math. An academic yeah. subject, yes. Exactly. And so I went ahead and, and started looking at that again. I was going back and forth with my husband and he's like, but why would we do this? There's nothing wrong with the public schools. And I was like, I know, but I really want them to do this. I feel called to this. And my friend said, look, I tell you what, we'll homeschool in tandem. You can come to my house and we will homeschool all of them together. And so that's what we did. Ah, She is such a blessing in my life. And so that's what I did. And a lot of people would tell me, well, you know, homeschooling looks different for everybody. And so every family, it's different, which is true, but also not helpful. Because I don't know what my homeschooling looks like because right. I've never done it. That's right. So I wanted to just see what it looked like from someone else, which is part of the reason, actually the main reason that I agreed in the end to, to do Kurt Cameron's Homeschool Awakening movie is because I always wanted that. I wish I had had that when I was first starting, just to look at how are other people doing it? What does it look like during their day? Honestly, I don't do it the way Callie does it mm-hmm. uh, now. I, I've ventured into my own, you know, space. But for that first year, it was a lifesaver. And we loved it. It was one of our favorite years. That is so amazing. I'm going to take just a minute to break and thank our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. And if you, like Michelle, are looking for a mentor or a homeschool mom with experience that can help you when you're stuck, I would really encourage you to go to our website, homeschoolhelp.com slash map. And on that map, you'll find these little circles in your state. Click on one and you can find a a homeschool mom consultant who can help you with homeschooling and can help you with the BJU Press homeschool curriculum. We have videos for things that uh, if you don't feel called to teach particular subjects. So uh, I I wanted to thank our sponsor for that. And, And I can see in Michelle's life how important it is to have somebody walk beside you. And so if you need someone to walk beside you, click on that map today, homeschoolhelp.com slash map and find a homeschool mom near you. Okay, Michelle, back to it. So what happened after that first year then? So yeah, so after that first year, um, you know, we we joined co-ops, which were wonderful. Um, So we did classical conversations and really enjoyed that. Uh, And then really started to find out that, you know, homeschoolers tend to do everything by word of mouth. And so, you know, you really, if you're good at networking, that's a real bonus in homeschooling because you find out where where all the different, uh, you know, uh, different co-ops and field trip groups and activities and classes, where they all are. And it's all a matter of talking to other moms. I basically found out there was this entire underground community I didn't even know existed. And 
they are all friends. They're encouraging. I mean, I, I've never, I've never had more friends in my entire life. And I'm a pretty sociable person. Right. But I know hundreds and hundreds of people that I can count as my friends because we've all walked this homeschool journey together. And I know that they love their children and pour into their children the way I do. And so we are kind of connected that way. Isn't it amazing when your why is the same and your purpose is the same, what a bond that is in life and friendships and families and with yep. kids of all ages working together. I mean, it's, it's pretty, the homeschooling community is pretty amazing. It really is very encouraging. And, and even if you don't see someone for a year or two and all of a sudden you see that they're putting together a field trip, you know, you feel comfortable enough to just pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, can I join with that? I'd love to, to you know, and we just, you just pick up where you left off. It's really wonderful and, and fun to watch all of their children gar- growing and all the opportunities that they have. And, and I started to realize that, you know, homeschooling is not public school in your house. Right. It really is a whole other uh, beast. And it's wonderful because you can really focus on things that are important, like finance. I, I love that my kids can focus on finance kind of classes, because if you can get your financial house in order, or the opposite, if you don't get your financial house in order, you can be wildly successful in a career and still just be living on the razor's edge where you know, you're you know, living from paycheck to paycheck. And so I just love all of these opportunities that my kids can really dive into. And then they also have the uh, added time to do just things that interest him. I have one one son who loves baking. So he has his little baking career that he makes all these really pretty cakes. And How um, old is he, Michelle? He, he is uh, 15. So um, he's a right budding now. entrepreneur. Yes. And he's been doing it for several years. Um, and we work, you know, work on it together, although he's getting a lot more independent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have my, all of my kids have jobs, but uh, my 13-year-old, he he works as well. He's an umpire. And so he loves baseball and he, he just dives into it and he's learning how to be a pitcher and all of that. So they all, you know, my daughter's in dance classes. And honestly, the, it is kind of ridiculous when you hear people talk about, talk well, about I'm not about the socialization. <laughs> It's the craziest thing. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I didn't rein them in, they do nothing else but, but socialize. socialize. You really That's have, exactly you have to right. Put a lid on it. That's exactly they have friends right. everywhere. Yeah, their friend their friend group is so wide. And part of that I think is because, you know, homeschoolers, they they host or they, they have friends up and down the scale. So they don't all, you know, in public school you spend your entire public school career moving through uh, with the exact same age as you are. And mm-hmm. you don't really interact. You know, a seventh grader wouldn't be caught dead hanging out with a fifth grader. That is just not a thing. Right. And so, but in the homeschool community, you do. Um, it's it's not frowned upon. It's And they also play a crossway. So it's not just only girls and only boys. They, they you know, they, they will hang out with whoever's there. And it's... Uh, and the older ones tend to care for the little ones if yes, they're, you know, because right. their brothers and sisters are always hanging around. And it's just a wonderful thing. And so their social group and their network is quite wide. You know, it's so amazing. I'm working on an article right now about capital days and the importance of capital days for the HSLDA court report. And one of the things that I've loved is hearing everybody talk about the importance of having families 
at state houses around the country. And so many legislators have commented, you know, we view this as family day. We never have families come up. And one of the beauties of homeschooling, I really believe, is that emphasis on family. And you do things together as a family. Age, like you were saying, people of all ages interact. You are involved in your grandparents and great-grandparents' lives, and then you're involved in the lives of other families. It's really, mm-hmm. I mean, God created the family to be a foundational unit in our in our our culture, our world, and also, I mean, he uses it to define history throughout scripture. So the blessing of family, just like you're saying in homeschooling, is so amazing. It really is. I mean, I've got my, my parents are helping my two boys learn how to drive. So, you know, they need a lot of hours. So I can't spend all of my days driving in circles. (laughs) So they're helping me out. And, uh, and, you know, see, or my father coming in and teaching, you know, civics or economics and, you know, especially during COVID, uh, when a lot of people shut down and now I know a lot of public school families sort of assume that that was homeschooling and it really was not, that's not how you homeschool and you don't just sort of get thrown into it. Um, but once you're, you know, we had been up and running for a while. And so we just immediately said, okay, we're having class. And so we would have 16 to 20 kids come here and they would learn science and civics and public speaking and geography. Uh, and we did all of it. And then we did little field trips. And And I remember early on, I said to Callie, well, if everything's going to be locked down, we are usually very, very, very busy. And obviously we're going to be a little freed up with our time. So let's come up with something that would be productive. And so we decided, let's earn the uh, Presidential Gold Service Volunteer Award. Have all of our children go for the, earning that, which is a big thing you can put on your it, resume. It is this a huge thing? Tell, for people who aren't familiar with that, just explain how their kids can be involved in it and what it is. Well, you have to find a sponsor. And our sponsor was the head of Joshua's Hands, uh, Joyce Guthrie, who's a wonderful homeschool. Uh, she just blesses so many families. And uh, anyway, she she does that, but there's lots of organizations that do it, and you have to have a sponsor, so she agreed to be our sponsor. The sponsor then sets, they're able to have a little flexibility to set the rules, and I believe hers was something to the effect of like 75% of our volunteering had to be done with Joshua's hands, and 25% was done elsewhere. And it's 100 hours for the gold. It's less for silver and less for bronze, or uh, but we, we all went for the gold. Um, and so she, Joshua's Hands has multiple outreach. So they have like Valiant Warriors where they, they quilt uh, these special handmade quilts for wounded veterans and in action where they, you know, while they're on the plane, they're given a blanket, they can, they can keep it. And so all different kinds of charities that is wrapped up mm-hmm. in Joshua's Hands. So we did all kinds of work with them. We did some with Mobile Hope, um, which is like teenage homelessness. We did Loudoun County Homeless Shelter, all kinds of volunteering. And we keep track of all of our hours. And at the end, they get a little medal and they get a certificate. And uh, and we had a little ceremony with all eight of them up there and had uh, the local delegate and local senator come and and you know, give them an award. It was, it was really nice. So this is a Virginia program. 
Well, this is actually, I think it's national, the, well, the Presidential Girl Service Volunteer yes, Award. Yes, it is, because we have yeah. some friends in Idaho who were very involved with having their homeschooled kids' as groups go through this. So I just wanted to make sure that, that it wasn't just Virginia and that everybody listening today can find out about this. It's such a great yeah. way to get your kids to think about other people first and, and serve others. It's, it's really remarkable. Agreed. That's true. And it's also a great way to credential your students, which I think is important. So mm -hmm. I have a file for each of my children, and I'm pretty conscious about trying to credential them. So, for example, when we raised as a family, we raised like $10,000 worth of uh, goods for the homeless shelter, Loudoun County Homeless Shelter. And, um, and you know, it, it ended up just we didn't know how much we'd be able to raise. We just we put the word out. We organized it and just said, everybody drop off. And all of a sudden, it took over our house. And the stuff just kept coming, and it took over two full rooms of our house. And so I thought, okay, well, you know what? Maybe what we can do is say, you know, we'll deliver this. We had to organize with a truck company because it was so much stuff. We had to see if they would donate a truck that we could <laughs> get all the stuff over there without taking 20 minivan trips. And so when we came, we took a picture and then and asked the head of the Loudoun County Homeless Shelter if she would please write a letter of recommendation. And what I often do is I will help write it and then I will give it as a suggestion and say, you're right. welcome to change it, delete it, what have you. And a lot of times people are very busy, especially people in high up you know, positions. They often will appreciate the fact that you've written a really nice letter. Absolutely. And they, and they can make it their own. Exactly. That's right. You're saving them a lot of time, mm -hmm. and uh, and then they they write it out. And I've had that have had her uh, change one for each of the children, and I put it in each of their files so that I'm just credentialing them every every time they volunteer at the library or they do some kind of a volunteer. I try to get a letter and I try to put it into their uh, into their file so that they have a lot of things that when when they're applying for colleges or what have you, they've got all these things they can put on their resume. You know, I think this is really part of the heart and soul of homeschooling is that you have, again, as time as a family to really reach out in meaningful ways to those in need. It can be the homeless. It can be special Olympics. It can be helping your local support group, teach subjects they don't want to teach their kids. I mean, there there's all kinds of ways to serve. We live in such a self-conscious, selfish society in a lot of ways. I think, you know, our, our kids are driven by social media. It just can be so self-centered and we fall into that without realizing it. I just love that you focused on service in your home, Michelle. And, and, and you know, I think if you're if you're sort of drowning in homeschooling and you're feeling overwhelmed, if you will find one service project, and I'm not saying that people are projects, but if you will find one way to serve, it will change your homeschool. I've seen teenage boys who were languishing and you put them with the right person to help take care of uh, um, somebody who's sick, an older person, someone who's handicapped physically. Uh, it, it's amazing. Well, I mean, it, it is truly more blessed to give than to receive. And it, it's amazing what giving and serving does for the mental health and the spiritual health of our young people too. Oh, yes. There's nothing better than if you're down helping someone else. That's right. Um, through their troubles to help lift you up. It really is. We 
So my, my boys uh, um, all serve at, uh, at church. They do the audio visual. They do that regularly. Um, this Saturday, we're serving all day at Joshua's hands, even though we're no longer doing the presidential service. We've already earned that, but they're just such a fantastic organization. And so, and, and they grew up during, uh, during their young years going to that, this festival that they have, and they loved it. It was just fantastic with the little pony rides and hay rides and games and things. And now they are in a position where they now want to serve the next generation so that the young people can come and enjoy it. So they're going to run the games and they're going to, you know, walk the ponies around. And so now they're, they're, it's sort of come full circle. And, and it's just, it is, it's wonderful to do that. And, um, and, and my, my children will really do love it. And, and uh, whether it's helping people move. I mean, one nice thing about having a large family is that when, when there is, uh, you know, like a, a, one of our friends, single mom, moving from one house to another, um, you know, we can go in there and it's like ants coming in and just <laughs> just moving all the stuff. It, did, it moves very fast. And so we can move an entire house. And we've done it multiple times for different oh, people. That's, but that's fabulous. That is really a gift to people. It is. And it, and it makes, you know, it makes us feel good that we're able to help somebody who, who needs us. And, you know, I had one of my, one of my kids one time ask me, he said, well, mom, you know, we're always helping other people, but we don't, people are helping us. And I said, you know what? That is a gift from God. And I said, and you need to be thankful to God that he put you on this side of the giving and not that side of the giving. Do you know how much humility it takes? Just have, how humble you need to be to ask for help. So if God is putting people in our lives who need help, we need to be so thankful that we are in a position to give the help and we're not the ones having to ask for the help. And so you know, I think that it, it's just, it's really important. I think they do get that, but it did take a while. And, you know, at first they're sort of like, I don't get it. We're always helping these people. <laughs> now they get it. Now they get it. Now hopefully that'll continue in their lives. Thanks for being with us today for part one of this two-part series. I hope this conversation was inspiring for you. Be sure to tune in for part two next week as we discuss the important topic of homeschool freedom and helping your children become involved citizens. As always, you can find me at zantyler.com. Thanks for being with us and may God continue to bless your family. Until next time, bye.